0: More than enough, so much more than enough for me. You are more than enough, so much more than living well. Grande fidelidad, nada es too far. Uh, i great to be here with the family, and uh, celebrate uh, freedom. You know, when we think about 4th of July, we think about freedom, we think about uh, getting away from oppression, liberty. we got to think about sacrifices, the sacrifices of many for the freedom of others. Now, you know that freedom is not free. And uh, we in America are so blessed to be celebrating our freedom and independence. But actually, we look at uh, where our culture is headed. We've got to ask ourselves, what are we as believers doing with our freedom? As believers, what do we do with our freedom? And like Jesus said, you know, uh, if the sun has ma- makes you free you 're free indeed right? let me tell you uh i was uh serving in the army uh and I went down to panama <clears throat> many years ago served down there for about a year <clears throat> and uh And you get, and, and, and have, have had the privilege of ministering in about 12, 13 countries. And let me tell you, at the, you appreciate, you learn to appreciate what God has given us here. Amen. Amen. I mean, really. You learn to appreciate that. But what do we do with it as believers? Or what are we doing with it? Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes in Galatians 5.1, directed by the Holy Spirit, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But do we really know what that means? Do we really understand that? Because, you know, as I hear and see uh, many believers, uh, what they do, what they talk about, uh, many uh, people have expressed uh, what they're thinking I got kind of to wonder if we understand what that means. You got to understand that when Paul was uh, writing to the Galatians and was speaking back then, he was talking to Gentiles, okay? He was talking basically to pagans. They were even called dogs. Uh, there were people, they were people that were not even thought of as becoming part of the family of God. They worship other gods, Roman gods, Greek gods. And they weren't even think of, uh, by the Jewish community, as, hey, they weren't even worthy of being called children of the Most High. So when they come to Christ, and this is what Paul is talking about, he said, now you are free. You are free to enter into the family of God. You are free to become part of the covenantal family of God. You are free now to worship with us. And that's what he was talking about, that freedom to serve the one and true God, the freedom to worship him along with the rest, The freedom to be free, to enter into his gracious. But I I, I fear that sometimes we we think of that freedom as though uh, we could do whatever we want. We live in a country where we could go wherever we want. We could eat whatever we want. We could say whatever we want, you know. We could, I mean, Hey, we do all of that stuff, praise God, that we're able to, but let me ask you, as believers, are we not to ask God how we should live, where we should go, what we should do? If we call him Lord, you see, Lord means he owns us. If we call him Lord, then do you not think that we need to Stop and ask him, let me show you, even with giving. I asked many times, well, not many times, maybe three or four times in my life, I have asked you know what what should I give what And you know something you won't believe this, but three or four times he has said, Don't give anything. true. Only three or four times in my life, he has said, clearly, don't give anything. Later on, I found out why. We're not going to get into that. But our life belongs to the Lord. We were just singing a song that says, you know, I'm I'm yours for the rest of my life. I'm yours. I mean, I, I am yours. He bought us with a price, didn't he? He shed his blood for us. And we are not our own. But unfortunately, we, we act like we're our own too many times. So the only God that they knew were the Roman and, and Greek gods and who else, what, and even the emperors, they adored the emperor. But now they come to Christ and they're free. You come to Christ and you're free, free to serve him, free to honor him, free to worship him, the one and only God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator God. And that's what freedom is about. We read in Psalms 119.45, I just found this yesterday, 1.1945, the psalmist says, I will walk in freedom. Why? For I have devoted myself to your commandments. Wow. You see, when you devote yourself to Christ, when you devote yourself to God, then you're really free indeed. Living in the canal zone in Panama, one year we went back to Puerto Rico on vacation, The family, excuse me, this was about maybe two or three years after I surrendered to the Lord. So we're in Puerto Rico and I was, I had the privilege of meeting uh, the husband of one of the more famous Christian singers back then in Puerto Rico. He was a chaplain in the penitentiary there in Puerto Rico. I mean, the penitentiary there, it was called El Oso Blanco, the white bear. It's where the worst of the worst are imprisoned. And he asked me, you want to go with me? We're going to have a service over this Sunday. I said, sure. And I went. Let me tell you, folks. I almost wanted to stay there with those people. The freedom that I saw in those people, I, I came to understand what true freedom was when I went there to that prison. When those guys started to worship and those guys started to pray, oh my God, I had not seen that in church for three years. That was incredible. You felt the presence of the Lord in a tremendous way. The first time I had experienced that. And I'm looking at these guys. Some of them were there for for life. But they're over there. they They, They were praising God. They were worshiping God. They were clapping and they were crying and they were praying for each other. And two of them prayed for me. And I'm thinking... Wow, this is what freedom is all about. Some of these guys have no chance of getting out of there. I mean, unless they do a Paul and Silas act, you know. You see, Paul and Silas were singing. They were singing so bad that they said, no, no, you guys leave. You guys, no, get out of here. (laughs) I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. When Christ makes us free again, it is freedom to become people of covenant relationship with God. People that will be called chosen people. To be able to enjoy the benefits of family relationship. You see, I I say in... Uh, the, the Hispanic community here uh, uh, hear me always saying relation, correct relationship with God. You see, we, we, we often think that any relationship with God is okay. It may be okay. But God wants us to have a correct relationship. Where is Where can you find that? Well, first of all, it's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. He instructs us as to what kind of relationship he wants to have with us and what kind of relationship we are to have with him. It's not just any relationship. Oh, I have a relationship with God. I asked a a guy, a good friend. He said that to me one day. I have a relationship with God. I said, well, dogs have a relationship with God. Roaches have a relationship with God. Ooh, she's like, Ew. Yeah, I don't like him either. But that's not the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. They're creatures; they're created by God. But He wants to have a special relationship with us—not any kind of relationship. He wants to—he wants to be a father to us. He wants to have intimacy with us, okay? He, he, wa- he wants us to depend totally on Him. It, it's amazing every time I think of the Apostle Paul being able to say, uh, you know, uh, now it's I that I, I don't live, but Jesus lives in me. You know what he's saying? I don't choose my living. I have allowed Jesus to live for me. That is tremendous. I can't say that. I'll be honest with you. I can't say that. I'm not there. I mean, you know, there's Pastor Sherry and Pastor Mark. uh, They're they're there. They may be. I I can't say that. Jesus lives my life for me. I'm not there yet. That is amazing when you start, when you think about it. That's what freedom is all about—free to allow him to do whatever he wants through you, with you, for you, and you know that he has our best interest in heart and mind. As we good, as we are, are we good stewards of. The freedom that we have? Are we using our freedom to participate in God and God's priorities? Did you hear that? In God's priorities. These are just little things that we have to examine ourselves every day. Is His priority our priority? And And let me tell you, and I mean, if you don't agree with me, that's fine, huh? But you know, I hear people all the time, you know what's God's purpose for me? What's God's purpose for? I'm looking for God's purpose for my life. What is God's purpose for my life? what uh, you know I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you it's pretty easy, really. God's purpose for your life and your life and your life and my life is to do. His purpose is to fulfill His desires, His priorities, His plan. He gives us all gifts and may, you know, different gifts, but it's for one purpose to fulfill His purpose. Not to fulfill your purpose, it's to fulfill His purpose. And His purpose, you know what His purpose is? To fill the earth with His glory to fill the earth with his glory and his knowledge. And he has us here first and foremost to do that. Because if you haven't noticed it, he uses you and I to show him, to manifest through us, to talk about him. to fulfill his purpose. Dr. Ray Aruni Jr. is a digital media editor for the American Family Association. Part of a piece he recently wrote is entitled, How Can God Have Faith in Us? Question, how can God have faith in us? He says, and I quote, I'm wondering how God could have faith, any faith in humanity that continually demonstrates it has so little integrity and almost no intellectual substance anymore. So how does God have faith in mankind? We're evil, stubborn, narcissistic, and just plain stupid. It has become increasingly hard to tell the difference between church and culture. It doesn't seem like the majority of people have very much interest in truth and reality. Everything has become subjective, and all anyone seems to care about is their own personal interpretation of life, Let me ask you a personal question. Do you, do you ever think, really think about how you could share Christ with other people, with your friends, co-workers, at school, at the job, wherever? I mean, do you really think about that every day? So then why, God, why do you have faith? In us, despite our unending history of shaking our fist at you with one hand, while we stick our other hand in the fire, thinking that it won't burn. Why? There's two verses that I want to give you to probably answer this question. Why should he have faith in us? Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. God has placed a great part of himself in you and I. Every time I think about that, I think where I come from, I think the mistakes that I have done, I think my errors, I think of my frailties, uh, my weaknesses, and and I just have to look up and say, thank you, God. Why would he have faith in us? One is because he has placed himself in us. And when he looks at us, When he looks at you, when he looks at your mistakes and he looks at you, he sees part of him. Mm -hmm. Oh, praise God. He sees part of him. Glory. 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 Wow, what a God. And the other scripture, well-known scripture, we see it everywhere. For God so loved the world. Notice that God so loved the world, society without God. He loved society without God so much that he sent his son to die and give society without God the opportunity to come and have that correct relationship with the Lord again. Hallelujah. So he has made us in his own image, in his likeness, He has given us part of himself. Hallelujah. And when he looks at you, he looks at himself. And he says, no, wait a minute. I got to give him another opportunity. I loved him so much. My son went through too much. He went and suffered so much for you, for us, for the world, that I have to give him another chance. It's unbelievable. One of these days, I would like to share with you uh, that verse in Genesis where he ends up saying, and let them rule. The mind blowing. Let them rule. And still, up to today, what is it? Maybe 6,000 years later, he's still allowing us to rule. He's still allowing us to make decisions. He's still giving us the opportunity to make sure that His priorities rule in our lives and that we make Him known to others. Because as our Creator and Savior, He is the immutable and immovable rock of ages. Bottom line is our foolishness. <laughs> will never overcome his faith and his love for us. Never. That doesn't mean we won't suffer for our repentant foolishness. It just means that we can never cause him to do what he have, what we have become about doing. Our God is faithful. Our God loves us. Our God celebrates with us. But our God is a judging God too. Our God is a God of justice, true justice. I hear people say so many times, no matter what, God loves you. No matter what, brother, don't worry about it, God loves you. (laughs) true I mean he loved us before we came to him he loved the world what does that mean really though that you could just go on living and doing whatever you please whatever you think you could do and he has to perform for you and he has to protect you and he has to do all these things for you no no he will love you but he will correct you because you're, you're loved. He will allow you to to hit your, your, your hit a, go up against a brick wall and just, he will allow that. Why? Because that's what we choose to do. He will allow that. Don't think that because he loves us, we could do just whatever, and he's going to, oh, he's my son, praise God. I mean, do you not correct your children? Do your, your children at, at home, when you're, they're under your, do you not correct them? Are they, are they there? You, you allow them to just do whatever it is that they want? Of course not. If you do, you're a bad parent. If you do as a parent, you're not worth much. No, you don't allow them to do whatever it is that they want because you know that a lot of times they'll do things that are going to hurt themselves. They'll do things that may even kill them. You don't allow them to do just whatever. God, on the other hand, He has given us the power to decide, and He never takes that away from us. But we pay the consequences. When we make a wrong turn, we pay the consequences. So so just think, just as the day go along, and I hope you have a great day today, think about that. And before you get to bed tonight, examine your hearts, examine yourselves. Oh, brother, but God knows my heart. True. Aren't you scared? That That should scare you a little bit, that he knows your heart. We could fool everybody around us, but he knows your heart. So be careful. Don't use your freedom recklessly. Use your freedom first and foremost to worship him and seek out his priority. <music>